I'm super pumped to get started into this uh, new series. It's been a really great time just getting to conduct and put it all together. So what this series is set on, it's set on being unmasked. Because as you guys know, you guys are high schoolers, and in this stage of life that you guys are in, according to a lot of different... um, psychologists, in this stage right now, you are developing your identity. You are identity, you know, you are, you are setting up who you are, and it's very important for you guys in this uh, stage this, to, to develop properly. So my aim for this series with Unmasked is I want to unmask who we really are and highlight who we are in Christ and show that as we have been Uh, saved by the blood of Christ, that we have become something new. We have been reborn, and our old self has been put to death, and we are now brought to a new life. So I just really hope you guys can uh, have a good time as we examine uh, this series today. Our very first part of identity that we're going to be uncovering is our identity as servants. We, as the body of Christ, are servants to both one another to the grand world around us, believe it or not, we are to serve and to love one another very well. And the Gospels even state that the world will know that we are Christ's followers by the way that we love other people. So as we're going to be diving into this message, the very first thing I want to talk about is, I got it on my first slide right here, Bionicles. Who here loves Bionicle? I see, I see some good gas in the crowd. Does anybody like Legos? If, the, if Not everyone likes Bionicles, but yeah, Legos, we can all agree. So <laughs> when I was growing up, I cannot tell you how much that I loved Bionicle. I thought they were so cool. I thought, I thought Legos were pretty meh, but they were still fun. They were still a good time. But I remember that I would always, try, I would always beg my mom and dad to get me some of these. And uh, there were times where we'd, we'd get them together, and I just, I'll never forget those days of when I was just a wee little lad, when I was just a wee little boy, and me and my dad would be putting uh, bionicles together, we'd be building Legos and stuff, and the thing about me is that I'm a, I'm a little stubborn, I don't know if you guys know that about me, I can be a little stubborn, and uh, my dad would always tell me, like, all right, Nikki, like, we'd open up the box, and he'd say, all right, let's, uh, let's look at the instructions. We can figure out how to put these guys together so you can have little fights with your bionicles. I was like, nah. I didn't like that. I, I was never one for the instructions. I don't like to look at the instructions of things. And I said, I got a pretty good imagination. I'm smart. Like, I'll be able to put it together just by, just by looking at the picture. You guys know it when, you have a, when you have a puzzle? You like to, you, you just, you sort of get an image. You see what it's supposed to kind of look like. You say, you don't need the instruction manual. So I would just toss the instruction manual aside, and I would try to put my bionicles together. And more often than not, they sucked. <laughs> they were lopsided. I couldn't put them together right, or we were trying to put stuff together in Legos, and I, I couldn't really piece it together. And I would get angry. I'd get frustrated. I'd throw a hissy fit, and then I would be upset. And next thing I know, I'm crying. My dad's like, come on, Nikki, you can't be reacting like this. And it's just so many times people wish that we had an instruction manual for life. And honestly, I know that when I was in high school, I was treating my walk in the faith like I was treating these instructions. 
I knew, I had a picture, I had an idea of what life was supposed to be like. And I know that Jesus has given us instructions on how to live. Jesus has showed us how we ought to live our lives. And so often, we look to other sources for how we are to live. We have the number one source, the best source in all history, right here in the Word of God. Christ has demonstrated how we ought to live and how often do we try and find our instructions from another source. I know I do. But this is the key. This is going into my first point right here. It's just that Jesus is the blueprint to our life. Jesus Christ is the blueprint for our life. And the main passage we're going to be looking at today is in John 13. We're going to be looking at uh, verses 14 and 15. So if you guys can just please stand up for the reading of God's word. So this is in John uh, 14, 15. And it writes, this is Christ speaking. If I then... Your Lord and teacher have washed your feet. You also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. You guys may see it. So I know what you guys are thinking. Like, come on, Nikki, how are we going to get to Legos and Bionicles and now we're talking about Jesus washing people's feet? (laughs) So as we're saying here, Jesus is the blueprint to life. When you get a case of Legos, when you get some of these, they they throw an instruction packet. And just as Christ came into this world to die for our sins, he showed us the way to live by the way that he lived. Christ lived a perfect life, free of sin, full of love, full of compassion. And it's a beautiful, beautiful aim that we should be striving for. We need to be identifying with Christ. We're going to be going over this later on in the series, but as we are, as we have become believers, we have been adopted by God, and that means that we share with Christ. So as Christ is a servant to all, that means that we must be servants to all as well. We are following the blueprint, the schematic, the guidelines that Christ has set forth in his life and in his ministry And we are to be servants as well. So we're just looking into the passage. It's just Jesus is saying, if I have then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also want to wash another's feet. In case you guys didn't know, this part and where where this is coming from, it's coming from the section where Jesus is washing the disciples' feet. And it's, uh, it's, leading up to the, it's leading up to the arrest of Jesus. He's going to go, these next few chapters of John are just going to these huge, awesome I am statements. And it's going into the betrayal and the arrest of Christ. And so this is, this is like last hour, sort of. So Christ does this crazy thing. He washes the feet of his disciples in an act of servanthood and in an act of humility. I'm going to be diving more into the humility piece uh, in a second right here. But when we look at Jesus, we can follow Jesus as he is our rabbi. He is our grand teacher. He is our blueprint, our instructions for life. So often we think that if we don't have Christ in our lives, we're missing out. But that's not true. 
if you don't have Christ and there is no life at all. Only with Christ is there life and we must follow him. When we examine the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ, we see that as he came to serve, we also must serve. So often in our modern context, we, we have to reject this mindset. We always think, I want to work for my good. I want to work to better myself for my interest. And if I have to step on a few people's toes to get what I want in life, then I'll do it. If I want power, if I want to be exalted, I must work for myself and tear others down and take what's mine. I'll do whatever it takes to win. In these statements, we see pride. We see the opposite of humility as uh, illustrated in Philippians 2, verses uh, 3 to 5. I'm coming back to that later too, but just, we need to reject this mindset that it's better or that we should be working solely for our own good or for our own benefit. Acts 20, verse 35 tells us that Christ said that it is better to give than to receive. It is better to give than to receive. And as we look into Galatians 5.13, I'm sorry, I'm just writing off a lot of scripture. It's okay, but just with Galatians 5.13, it says that we have been set free. And with this new freedom, we should use it to serve others. So one question I'm asking you today is with the new life, with the new body, and with the redeemed soul that you have been given by the Lord Jesus Christ as a gift, are you using your life to love and build up others? Or is your life me-centered? Is it I-centered? This role of servanthood, our identity as servants, it is who we are with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has entered into our lives. It is transforming us little by little to the, mere, to the image of Christ. And if you're faithful for a little bit today, you'll be faithful for a little bit more tomorrow. I always hear people wanting to take their faith and want to become a spiritual giant. They just want to become like these biblical heroes. And the thing is, the Christian walk, it takes time. It takes effort. You have to put your faith in the Lord. You have to trust his word. And I trust Jesus Christ. He never lied. He has never led me astray. And I trust him when he says that it is better to give than to receive. With servanthood, we see elements of love, Christ-like humility, and kindness to one another. And the way that we're different from the world is the way that we love one another and the way that we're serving and building up one another. The context of Christ washing his disciples' feet, I mean, let's, let's, we're talking, feet are gross, right? You guys think feet are gross? Yeah, feet are pretty nasty. So let's, let's go back about uh, 2,000 years and remember when people are walking around in the desert wearing their Birkenstocks, the Jerusalem 12s, as I like to call them. Let's, let's go back to that time when people have athlete's foot, stank foot, foot fungus, and these, like I said, the people in the desert, they got some, they got some dirty feet. And Jesus he goes down to his disciples' feet and he washes all of his disciples' feet because Christ 
doesn't see any task that is too much, that is too small for him. Christ is willing to get down on his hands and knees and wash the feet of his disciples. That's, that takes commitment. That takes dedication. That takes Christ-like humility. I remember when I was working up at uh, Forest Home this past summer, I was an in-cabin counselor for a bunch of kids that came up with the LAPD. And those kids were a real hoot. We were having a good time. And uh, we, we, were doing, we were doing a worship night. And it was a foot washing station. And I was there. These kids are kind of, you know, I was, I was washing their feet. They were washing each other's feet. And you know me, I got athlete's foot. So I, was, I wasn't going to take off my shoes in front of these kids. <laughs> I was like, dude, these, these kids are going to tear me to pieces if I, if I show them my, my feet. I got, I got like bird feet. <laughs> but... Um, one of the kids, he just, it was, they're so polite. He looked at me and in the eyes with a big smile and he says, Mr. Nicky, can I please wash your feet? I was like, oh. I was like, I don't know if you want to do that, man. <laughs> I let him, I, I, I took off my shoes, I let him wash my feet and I washed his feet. And honestly, like, I was just stunned. I was stunned by the heart for servanthood that this young man, he's only like 12 or 13 years old. I was struck by the humility that he had, the willingness and just the love that was in his heart. I'll never forget, as, as, he, was, as he was washing my feet, he asked me, do you have anything I can pray for you about? And it was just, it's just, it, it, was, it was beautiful to see the Spirit of the Lord just resting so nearly on this, on this young man and just to see the way that he was allowing the Spirit to guide his decisions, to guide his desires. He, he wanted to wash my feet. After I told him, no, you don't have to. It's okay. It's okay. No, 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 no. And I just think that often I think of that memory and it inspires me and it encourages me even as I, I'm in my 20s, I don't always give 110%. I make mistakes too. And that story just empowers me to remember that, this idea of servanthood so well captured by such a, not a young man, like, by such a young boy, and just to, inspires me, just to see how people can be moved to servanthood. Servanthood always, it doesn't always have to be some big, grand scheme. It's great to serve in large capacities, but it's also great to serve in small capacities. You can serve the people around you through prayer. Just getting them some lunch. Hey, if you guys want to wash each other's feet, you guys can wash each other's feet too, if that's what you're into. But there's, and we, we, can, we can serve one another. We can build up one another. We can offer scriptural readings to one another, offer rides. I know what it's like to not have a car and having to uh, get picked up for people. I also know what it's like to have a car and to be able to offer rides to people. And I think that the Lord has provided us each with a bunch of different set of skills and different circumstances that we can use to serve one another. And I'm going to be getting into my second point right here. It's just that servants demonstrate humility. They demonstrate humility. I'm going to read a little section from uh, Philippians 2. But this, tell me this doesn't sound like Christ. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility... Count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. 
with the lives that you have been given, are you seeking to build fellowship? Are you seeking to build up a relationship between us? Because that is what we are called to do. We are called to love one another. And we see this Christ-like humility. Christ was obedient to the point of death. Christ was obedient. He came. He served. He healed the sick. He taught in the synagogues. And he served by giving his life on that cross for me and for you and for whoever would call on his name so that we shall not perish but so that we will have eternal life. And we see that Christ is so dedicated to his servanthood. Are we? Are we willing to serve others as Christ did? It's a radical idea. But as he said, it is better to give than to receive. And now, there's one more thing I want to take us to. There's one more little story where I, I am just, I'm struck at the, the faith of, the, of, these, of these people. I'm going to take us over to Mark chapter 2. And we're going to be reading, we're going to be reading uh, verses uh, 3 to 5. So I have it up here. I'm going to start in verse 1. Mark 2, it opens. And when he, this is, this is Jesus. And when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd... They removed the roof above him. You guys know the story. We've all heard the story a bunch of times in uh, Sunday school. The faith of these four people to bring a paralytic to Christ and to see that there's no more room. The room is filled. They couldn't get inside. So they went to the roof, cut a hole, and dropped him in Ocean's Eleven style. With this image, we see people, there's humility. They're looking to the needs of someone else. They don't care what other people think. They don't care if, it, if, it's a, if it's a plan that might not work because they are led by their faith in the Lord. They know that Christ is good. They know that he has the power to heal, and they believe in this saving power from Christ. And I just think that this story shows it really is better to give than to receive because as we know, this man, his sins were forgiven and not only that, I think that that's the most grand piece here. This man has received salvation. He has received salvation from the Lord as well as receiving the ability to walk. As the verses 11 through 13 state, the paralyzed man was able to walk up, take his cot, and leave. Now, I have a really quick illustration. We need to do this in like a minute or two minutes. I need five volunteers. Who would like to come do this really quick? One, two, three, four. I need one more volunteer. Come on, guys. Lightning speed. Lightning speed. Lightning speed. <laughs> Kyle, would you like to lay in this sleeping bag? Where's the zipper? Where's the zipper? Oh, right here. Hop in the sleeping bag. Just 
put your feet in, you're good. Don't worry about it. Just get in. No. Lay down. Lay down. And young man, could you please grab this corner? Kyle, could you please get this corner? Can I open it up a little bit? Yeah, you can open it up. Just get in real quick, real quick. Lightning round, lightning round. I want to show you guys the faith and the dedication that these men had for this paralytic. All right, pick them up. Come on, guys. Jesus is over here. Jesus is over here. Come on, come on. Oh, gosh. Wait, no, that's the wrong way. He's over here. Sorry, that's not Capernaum. Down over here. Come on, come on, come on. Oh, my gosh. Wrong turn at Albuquerque. Oh, my. he's down here. Come on. Come on, bring him. Come on, guys. Hurry. Hurry. The room is filling. Hurry. Hurry, guys. Come on. We're almost there. Oh, my gosh. I can smell, I can smell the body sweat. We're almost to the house. Come on. Come on, guys. All right, you're good. Do you guys think you could have carried him up to the roof and slowly brought him down? Guys, look at the effort that was put into helping this man. Look to the effort. With servanthood, it's not easy. It's, I'll take care of it, buddy. I'll take care of it. You're good. <laughs> servanthood isn't easy. And honestly, when it's a task for just one person... Oftentimes, we won't be able to get it done. How would this have looked if it was only one person that was carrying the paralytic? How could we have done this if it was only two? If you see, we had four people working together, led by faith, led by faith. And we see that it worked out not just for them, but for the paralytic. So please, my brothers and my sisters... Come together. Come together to serve the Lord together because Jesus Christ is our blueprint to life. He has shown us how we ought to live just like the instruction manual in a Lego set, in a Bionicle set. So please, look to Christ. Remember that it is good for your souls and for the benefit of others. You never know the impact that your servanthood will have on someone else. So please, Continue to pray for one another. Continue to love one another and to build each other up. I'm going to invite the worship team back up really quick. So let's do a quick prayer and just please remember that we are called to love and to serve one another. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for this wonderful day. I want to thank you so much for all the students that are here today, Lord. They are not here by coincidence. I ask that you can pour your spirit out onto all these students, onto the worship team, Lord, and just that we can be drawn to servanthood, whether it's through prayer, through foot washing, through writing nice letters, or just giving someone a ride. Lord, help us to be molded by your love and to be further sanctified by your spirit. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.